The holidays are normally, in our culture, advertised at a joyful time as a time uh, where the commercials show nothing but smiles and laughing and everything, but the holidays also, also in reality can be sometimes a, remain, a reminder of pain in your life because of the expectations. Also, uh, the holidays can be a time where you realize the things that might be missing or that you're waiting on. And because of all those expectations, the holidays can be very stressful because of expectations that either we put on ourselves or others put on us. And so in this season where we're talking about God being with us, we talked about that God is with us even in our pain, in the painful things of life. And then last week we talked about how God is with us in our anxiety. And then, uh, I mean, and in our waiting last week was about waiting for God. And today I want to talk to you about God being with us in our anxiety, in our fear, in the things that make us nervous or jittery. Now, it could be argued that I, because of how God has been so gracious to me, that it could be argued, uh, Johnny, I don't know if you're the right person to preach about pain. And because I'm a spoiled brat in so many areas of my life, God has been so gracious to me, I haven't had to wait. Maybe you could say, you know, you don't know much about it. But today, when we talk about anxiety... I feel like I can preach this one because uh, I remember one time I was talking to my pastor and I, I told him passingly, I just kind of jokingly said, you know, I'm a real worry ward. I, I, I really, I get nervous about this stuff. And he kind of let me finish my little talk. And then he was like, you know, Johnny, that whole thing about being a worry ward, that's not a really a good thing. You need to work on that. There are many ways to handle anxiety. There are many people that will need to seek out assistance, have maybe the need for medication. There are other folks that would go and, and deal with that anxiety through counseling or therapy. There are other folks that deal with that in other ways to manage their anxiety. I know that for me, I, I, I know that so many times with anxiety, it is a fear. Maybe it's a fear of failure or embarrassment. Whatever that is in your life, those anxieties. One of the things that God has taught me over these last few years is that medical solutions for medical problems. I'm going to say that again. Medical solutions for medical problems. Because as I come here today, I would never want anyone to misinterpret. If you have suffered from trauma or mental issues that are physiological, uh, that I'm just simply coming in here today and I'm, I'm just telling you, try harder. Believe God. And just to simply say, 
in, uh, in really what is a very complex issue. I'll give you one example of something uh, that, that you think about. Uh, many people that are diagnosed with autism also, it's fairly common, not always, but sometimes common, that they would also have ADHD. And ADHD, there is common grace in the medical community for that. And so if you just glibly just say, hey, just everything's covered if you just, are, if you just believe more, it, it, sometimes there are medical problems and there are medical solutions for that. And there are many options for help. I know that. And that course is necessary for folks. I'm here today to say that there is a spiritual foundation that must be in place even while seeking professional help. The anxious heart and mind must be anchored in the rock and the word of God. No matter what your circumstance, no matter what it is that we're walking through, the Bible offers hope to all of us in our anxiety. And to the glory of God, God can do all things for his own glory, even in our lives. So I want you to turn to Matthew 6. And I want us to see what Jesus said in addressing how God is with us. And he's trying to give us, of course, he gives us the words of life. But he also is giving us direction. He's trying to give us direction because left to ourselves, we sort of wander off and we go our own way. So Jesus is giving the greatest sermon ever given, all right? He is giving us the words of life. And in verse 25 in chapter 6, Jesus continues to speak, speak and he says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food? and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to your span of life? And why, and why are you so anxious about clothing, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil they, nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what are we going to wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself, Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Worry 
is the interest paid on money never borrowed. I used to have a little sign when I was in college next to my door that said that. Worry is the interest paid on money never borrowed. What does your interest rate look like? Is it too high? So what do you do to reduce anxiety? Is it a soothing bath? Is it a, is it a spa at the Woodhouse Day Spa? Is it, what is it? Uh, Oscar Wilde said, if you don't get everything you want in life, if you're anxious about what you're going to get and what you're not, if you don't get anything you want in life, think of the things that you don't get that you don't want and be thankful. If we are really to control these feelings of anxiety, of being out of control, it will be really for us. It's a matter of directing our lives towards God and trusting in him. So trusting and believing that God is in control makes a difference. So a good question for me when I feel that life is spinning out of control or a circumstance or things are against me or a good, uh, whatever is happening in your life, a good, even a good friend of mine said this week to me, hey, Johnny, do you really believe God is in control? That's a good question. Is God really in control? And I reiterate the words again, does he really have the whole world in his hands? Does he? Because Jesus in this, and there's just a few that I, I'll have you write down in the time that we have here. Jesus, and I want to remind you of these things that I shared with you earlier in the year. He says, don't worry about your life or what you eat. Is not life more valuable, more important than the food and the stuff that you wear? Worry is not reasonable. It's not reasonable. And the reason it's not reasonable is because when we are worried, when we're anxious, it exaggerates the problem. The more you think about it, the larger it gets. It just grows. And so worry, it's not reasonable because it takes you in the wrong direction. And here's the second thing. Worry doesn't work. And Jesus is giving all these different examples as he is speaking about clothing and about eating and about all the things that we think about in our lives. It doesn't produce any good fruit. Worry doesn't produce good fruit in our lives. It's not reasonable. Worry is not natural. In verse 26, he says, Hey, look at all the creation around you. And look at the birds. They don't have barns to put their stuff in or anything. God takes care of them. Only humans worry. It's learned. You know, we almost practice it. It's like, you know, always got to have something to think about. And so many times I have learned that even physically for me, Either guilt or resentment or worry or anxiety or fear. Folks, it produces not only, it does not produce good fruit, but it makes you sick. It will, it's, it's toxic to just sit around and worry about stuff. 
It's not really natural. And the reason I tell you that it's not good for you is because worry is not natural to us. It's not like, it's not us at our best. Psalm, I mean, Proverbs, excuse me, Proverbs 12, 25, anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down. That's what happens. It's not good for us. Proverbs 14, 30, a tranquil heart, one that's not anxious all the time, a tranquil heart gives life to the flesh. Even the Bible knows that when we're at peace, it's good for us. Worry's not good for us. Worry is not helpful. You might think that by obsessing about something and being anxious to something that you're getting the ball down the field, but it doesn't change the past or the future by worrying. Jesus, he says, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? I've had to learn that. I've had to learn to take a deep breath and step back a little bit. And here's the last thing. Worry is not necessary. I used to think I carried the banner for the family. Oh, I'm the only guy that's worried about this. I'm going to have to make sure that I carry the mantle. You know, verse 30. If God cares so wonderfully for the flowers that are here today and gone tomorrow, won't he more surely care for you? Oh, you of little faith. It's not necessary. It's not necessary for us to worry. Recently, I was reading uh, Matthew 14, and I was uh, thinking about this story where Peter is beginning to sink into the water after uh, he walks on the water. Jesus invites him out of the boat, and, uh, and he takes Peter's hand, and he lifts him up, out of the water because he, you know, Peter looks down and he is, he looks at the storm and he is terrified and it's dangerous. And I noticed in the story that Jesus never, ever uh, denies the reality of the storm. Peter's fear of the storm is sort of understandable. It's like, hey man, here we are. This is scary. But his eyes always rested in the wrong place there in that story. Peter took his eyes away from Jesus and fixed them on the storm. And then in the story, there's, uh, he says, you've just believed a little because Peter believed the danger of the storm was stronger than the power of God that allowed him to actually walk on the water. And, and like Peter, so many times we spend our lives just looking at the storm raging around us, whether it's family, whether it's where we work, whatever it is, and we spend our time just focusing on that. And scripture teaches us to choose to rest in the promises of God inside the context of our storm, our anxiety. When we do, we are fixing our eyes on Jesus when we fix our eyes on the word of God. And one way that we fix our eyes on Jesus is by remembering what he says to us. Here's the thing. If it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. I just want to challenge you today. 
We have a Savior who understands anxiety. Jesus is our model and our comforter when walking through anxiety. We had this moment of anxiety in the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus is, he sweat blood and tears knowing what was ahead of him in the cross. And yet as he took on our sin and our iniquity, he sympathizes also with our weaknesses. So I want you to know that if it's on our mind, it's on God's heart. He understands. And I just want for us, for anxiety to be our signal. I'd like for anxiety to be our signal that when you're anxious, that it alerts you that it's time to pray. Like, allow anxiety to be your signal. Oh, you know, here I am thinking about this. I need to pray about that. Let anxiety, that feeling that comes on you, be your guide. Let that be it. And here's the thing. If you're anxious about your doctor's appointment coming up, pray about it. If you are, you got a decision to make about where to go to school or whether to go to school or what it is, it's opportunity in front of you, pray about it. When you get anxious and you're thinking about maybe making a big decision for your family, an opportunity, pray about it. Let anxiety be an alert for you to pray. You know what I can preach here today? And so many of what I've just said, some of you are maybe even a little bored. Like, I've heard all this. I've heard this before. There's a thing called orthodoxy, and then there's an orthopraxy. Orthodoxy is having the right beliefs. Orthopraxy is putting it into practice. And I want us to be a people that put what we or want to believe what we, what we know to be true into practice. I want us to do it right now. I actually want us to put into practice what we've just talked about. So what I want you to do is I want you to draw a circle around yourself. And I want you to spend some time with God. Now I know we're here corporately. And I know that sometimes it's like, how can I have an intimate time with God while all these people are around me. With God, all things are possible. So I want you just to kind of, if you need to bow your head, bow your head. Now don't fall asleep on me, all right? I want us, this is not self-help, this is God help. And I'm gonna, we're just gonna take a moment and we're going to experience God being with us in our anxiety. Lord, you're what we need. Lord, you're our safety. Father, you are our strength. Father, you are our comforter. Lord, you are our redeemer. Father, you are our sustainer. Lord, you are our provider. Lord, you are the assurance that we need today. 
Lord, you are our salvation. First Peter 5, 7, cast all your worries on Jesus since he cares for you. Psalm 56, 3, when I am afraid, I will trust in God. Psalm 121, I lift my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night and the Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time and forever. Aren't you thankful today that as we sit here in the presence of the Lord, that Jesus said, do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and I prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And you know where I'm going. One of the disciples, Thomas, said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How do we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. And then later, Jesus says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper, the Holy Spirit, that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him and know him. But you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. These things I have spoken to you while abiding with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. Peace. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be afraid. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. 
He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. As we bow here, aren't you glad that Jesus said to Martha, these words, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Thankful today for Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, though stuff happens all over the world and in Washington, D.C., and every other thing under the sun, Lord, you are with us. The Lord of hosts is with us, verse 7. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations onto the earth. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Step out of the traffic. Take a long, loving look at your high God above politics, above circumstance, above everything else. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Psalm 91, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For he will deliver you from the snare of the, fowl, the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions under his wings and you will find refuge. Romans 8, verse 38. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us love of God in Christ Jesus. And so, Lord, I pray for peace over all of us, your peace that you give, and that you would help us to live in that reality that you are with us.
today. May that be our peace in our anxiety. In Jesus' name.